testing is required. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It is a wild world. That was a statement that was just made to me is we are going to take a look at really what's had the uh, finger in the pie of affecting what we're seeing in this market trade today. When you look at the big picture, there's a lot of global struggles out there, struggles happening here as well. But we're going to talk about a fire sale that is going on, a trade agreement between Ukraine and Russia. How's that affecting our prices? And where are we at when it comes to the planting progress? We're going to take a look at that and a whole lot more today as Arlen Suderman joins us. He is with Stonex and Arlen. And it is definitely a crazy world that we are in. And we got to start out with the recession because that kind of had a hold on what we saw in the trade. Yeah, it really did. Um, the funds dominate the markets and the funds dominate the markets via computers with computers doing most of their um, pricing decisions throughout the day. Um, day trading algos make up the overwhelming majority of the trade volume that we have right now. And that adds to the volatility of the markets. Um, many of these algos computers read headlines, react to it. Other algo computers are programmed to read chart signals or momentum signals. And so once the charts start turning because of the headline reading computers, um, then they start piling on orders in that directions and we get the big price swings. And today was a great example of that we saw many of the commodities go uh, make swings in both directions. Wheat was kind of the exception, ending the day positive with some significant gains, but way off of its session highs. Crude oil was an example of something that really took a beating after t- trading higher in overnight trade. So very volatile environment. I think general thinking today was recession. And even though the equity markets seem to think, oh, we've priced that in for now. Remember, they thought the same thing six weeks ago and then and rallied and then came back and ended up saying, no, I guess we don't have it priced in and start selling again. But the commodity traders are largely not convinced that it's been priced in yet. And so they're they're just making an assumption that a recession, deeper recession is coming. That means decreased demand for commodities. That's more true for some commodities than others. For example, you do use less energy in a recession, um, but you don't necessarily eat less in a recession. So um, the fund's painting with a broad stroke today. Well, looking at that, let's talk about as a broad brush selling continues. How is this going to set the tone for this final quarter of 22? Yeah, that's a legitimate question, and a lot of it, I think, we're going to see the macro markets have just a very heavy influence on the, on the commodity markets, and by that, I mean similar to today. It won't necessarily always be down, um, but uh, it's certainly going to have an influence, and it may mean that the cash do more of the job of rationing supply and demand, both locally and nationally. Uh, than than what the the burden they normally carry. Normally, we'd like to see the futures market carry a lot of it, and the basis of the cash market's doing the fine-tuning, so to speak, and local differences. Um, But I think the basis market may have to do more of the work this year, or there'll be times in the futures, like today, trade kind of illogically of what the fundamentals would seem to be saying. And uh, so that's going to be very frustrating for both farmers and for end users and everybody in between. It's the new reality of what we have since we've allowed the computers and and, uh, the funds to uh, really exploit these markets to their advantage. 
Um, and um, so, you know, what we do is work with our customers and try to help them work with us within the system to make the system work for them. It's, it's just um, a different way of operating within it. What are your thoughts on the way the crude oil has been? Because they've really had some close ties lately with these markets. Yeah, and that's an interesting story. And frankly, the market's trying to figure out, okay, are we looking at a tightening situation of supplies of energy? Or are we looking at a in a larger supply situation? And it wasn't that long ago, just a couple of weeks ago, that OPEC released analysis saying that in 2023, we're going to have a shortage of crude oil in the world. And suddenly now the market is driving prices lower and we have prices for crude oil and and RBOP gasoline now that are below pre-war levels. Many of our commodities are below Ukraine war levels. We've taken out that um, that war premium out of the market. And uh, so there's a lot of confusion as a result overall. Um, but right now, momentum is to the downside, and that's what the computers are trading is that downside momentum. And nobody wants to catch a falling knife, as the cliche says, or stand in the way of this selling. And uh, so the market keeps going in that direction now that uh, another layer of chart support has been broken. One ahead uh, just south, and, and you and I were talking about this before the start of the program, the fire sale that is going on right now in Argentina. Yeah, Argentina is in a position that a lot of countries are that we're, we're going to start hearing about more. As that dollar gets stronger and stronger, becomes a greater challenge for countries with dollar-denominated debt to get the dollars that they need in order to make those payments. And so um, that becomes a greater challenge, and Argentina depends on exports of corn, soybeans, and wheat, soy meal, and soy oil in order to do that, especially the oilseed complex. And so they're trying to, right now they're having trouble doing that because farmers aren't selling because of how volatile their peso is. So they're offering 200 pesos per dollar for for soybeans sold right now between now and the end of the month. And through the first two days of this fire sale, I'll call it, They've sold two point, the farmers have sold 2.13 million metric tons or 78 million bushels of soybeans with China taking advantage of that opportunity and purchasing at least seven cargoes of soybeans yesterday alone. Normally Argentina just sells soy meal and soy oil primarily, but China's coming in and taking advantage of this. Not good news for us. We'll stick around. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the second half just around the corner. It's the Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. It's time for the Fontenelle feature. I'm Joe Gangwish with Fontenelle Hybrids. We caught up with new dealer Preston Smith from PJ Smith Seeds, who co-owns his business with his wife, Jana, in northeastern Phelps County. So, Preston, tell us about how you got started. We got started with Fontenelle in part for the excellent products that we saw out in the field, but also because of the great people within the brand. Everyone is so supportive and will do anything to help you succeed as a dealer, which in the end helps the customer succeed. Well, you did a lot of research. Tell us how you decided on Fontenelle. I really like the focus on Nebraska and, and products that work locally. As I started to make contact, I just really felt at home with everybody that I met within the brand. And I know you hear the, the Fontenelle family get used a lot, but that's really what it is. It, it truly does feel like a family. If you'd like to join our Fontenelle family and become a dealer, just contact us from the website at fontenelle.com. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Arlen Suderman. Again, Arlen is with Stonex. So we left off kind of talking about, about the craziness that was going on with that fire sale in Argentina. And unfortunately, we ran out of some time. Do you see that short term being a big issue for us in export opportunities? I think short term it is a problem. It's if we look at Chinese purchases, really they've got most of the September coverage and October coverage done. They need to buy for November and December, and a little bit more for October. It's about what another nine and a half million metric tons or so that they need to buy, and they're kind of waiting to see how the South American growing season starts to shape up. Um, but most of that would be expected to come from the United States. Argentina, as I said earlier, mostly exports meal and oil and not whole soybeans. So the fact that China is able to go there and buy soybeans does reduce demand for the United States. Now, ironically, Argentine soybeans tend to be a lower protein than what they get from either Brazil or the United States. Um, the purchase that uh, China was able to make on this fire sale um, came in about 60 cents below what Brazilian prices are right now, 60 cents a bushel. Um, if you account for the difference in protein, it still comes in about 20 cents cheaper, so still cheaper than Brazilian supplies and competitive with U.S. supplies. And, of course, China's happy to do business with anyone but the United States if they have the opportunity. So since you're talking uh, Argentina, let's talk about South America planting. How was things going so far? Well, it's very early. Um, Paraná is the first of the major soybean growing areas that allows farmers to plant uh, starting on September 10th, so coming up this weekend. And then Meta Grasso and many of the other areas allow planting of soybeans on September 15th. Northern areas are dry, and uh, so there's not really enough moisture to plant right now. And, and the forecast looks like it's going to remain primarily dry over the next couple of weeks. So we're probably looking at a, a at least somewhat of a delayed start to the planting season in the north and the major producing areas, although they may get started on time further to the south and some of the more minor planting areas. We'll have to see how long this dry weather pattern holds in the north whether it delays planting enough to be a significant factor this year or not. Delayed planting means delayed harvest, which means an extended export season for the United States. Early planting means early harvest and therefore a quicker end to the U.S. exporting season. So that's why it matters. Do you have any concerns about, I want to talk winter wheat planting, um, starting here in the States. Is there any concerns because it's so dry that we might see a delay? Or abandoned acre possibilities? Yeah, it it really is a concern. We thought earlier this uh, late summer that we were going to see some significant rains from kind of Kansas on south that were going to allow a rapid expansion, particularly with the high abandonment of cotton in the area um, because of the drought. Those rains pushed farther to the south be below much of the southern plains winter wheat belt and so we have seen a little bit of wheat planted in texas and oklahoma but not near as much as what we had anticipated the drought continues to be the problem and frankly we do see some opportunities maybe in the eastern half of that region as we get into the 10 to 15 day outlook Otherwise, it looks continued dry as we look deeper into the month of September. And so there's plenty of time up here in the central plains. 
Uh, but the Southern Plains need to be planting wheat. That needs to be happening now, not only for the wheat crop, but for the cattle market. We thought we'd be seeing significant expansion of planting with a lot of moisture for lush growth to start rebuilding the cow herd again. But that's basically hasn't happened yet to this point. But hopefully it will at some point. All right, let's go over to, to Russia, Ukraine, uh, planting progress issues there. And we know that there's been a little tit for tat when it comes to trade agreements. No, it really has been um, with Putin really not liking what's happening there with Ukraine doing a better job right now, almost exporting than what Russia is, because a lot of countries don't want to do business with Russian traders. It makes it harder to get letters of credit, etc. And so I, I long expected that Putin would undermine this at some point. If you look at the coming year in Ukraine, farmers are having greater and greater difficulty getting financing to put into put in a crop, let alone the parts for equipment and just greater challenges in a war zone and so ukraine which has always been the optimist has said that winter wheat plantings will probably be down 30 to 60 percent this year that's the breadbasket of the world russia is the other part of that breadbasket it had a big crop this last year some of it was low quality but its farmers are also being hurt by the sanctions difficulty getting parts difficulty exporting the wheat they produce and and right now we're seeing slower planting progress there for winter wheat as well and we're wondering if that means less acres across the breadbasket. Lots of things that we looked at today, Arlen. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? StoneX.com or over on Twitter. Follow me. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.